Matthew 5, verse 9. This is the word of the Lord. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Father, we thank you again. We praise you again. Thank you for your word. Please fill me with your spirit, Lord, that I may preach as I ought to. Father, I pray that your spirit would so move among your people that they would have ears to hear and hearts to receive your word and that we all may leave and be changed and look more like Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. In Sunday school, we've been going through the Beatitudes in a study called the Paradoxical, uh, Paradoxical Happiness as we've been going through the Beatitudes and uh, Pastor Matt asked if I would fill in today, and we're just carrying over our Sunday school lesson into here. So if you ever wonder what goes on in Sunday school at 930, um, this is partly part of it, and uh, it's my privilege to be here. But as, a, as an introduction, I'm going to read to you 1 Samuel chapter 25. It's going to serve as an introduction to Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. And it's going to serve as a backdrop as we go through this verse. And it's a little lengthy, but I ask you to listen. Listen as we uh, just let this story unfold. 1 Samuel 25, 2-42 is what I'll be reading. Now there was a man in Maon whose business was in Carmel. And the man was very rich. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. The name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife, Abigail. And she was a woman of good understanding and beautiful appearance, but the man was harsh and evil in his doings. He was of the house of Caleb. When David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was shearing his sheep, David sent ten young men, and David said to the young men, Go up to Carmel, go to Nabal, and greet him in my name. And thus you shall say to him who lives in prosperity, Peace to you, peace to your house, and peace to all that you have. Now I have heard that you have shears. Our, your shepherds were with us, and we did not hurt them, nor was there anything missing from them all the while they were in Carmel. Ask your young men, and they will tell you, Therefore, let my young men find favor in your eyes, for we come on a feast day. Please give whatever comes to your hand to your servants and to your son David. So when David's young men came, they spoke to Nabal according to all these words in the name of David and waited. Then Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays who break away each one from his master Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat I have killed from my shears and give it to men when I do not know where they are from? So David's young men turned on their heels and went back, and they came and told him all these words. Then David said to his men, Every man gird on his sword. So every man girded on his sword, and David also girded on his sword. And about 400 men went with David, and 200 stayed with the supplies. Now one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Look, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, and he reviled them. But the men were very good to us, and we were not hurt. Nor did we miss anything as long as we accompanied them. 
when we were in the fields. They were a wall to us, both by night and day, all the time we were with them, keeping the sheep. Now therefore know and consider what you will do, for harm is determined against our master and against all his household, for he is, he is such a scoundrel that one cannot speak to him. Then Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves of bread, 200 skins of wine, five sheep already dressed, five says of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins, and 200 cakes of figs, and loaded them on donkeys. And she said to her servants, Go on before me, see I am coming after you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. So it was, as she rode on the donkey, that she went down under cover on the, of the hill, and there were David and his men coming down toward her, and she met them. Now David had said, Surely in vain I have protected all that this fellow has in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that belongs to him, and he has repaid me evil for good. May God do so, and more also to the enemies of David, if I, longed, if I leave one male of all who belong to him by morning light. Now when Abigail, Abigail saw David, she dismounted quickly from the donkey, fell on her face before David, and bowed down to the ground. So she fell at his feet and said, On me, my Lord, on me let this iniquity be. And please let your maidservant speak in your ears and hear the words of your maidservant. Please let not my Lord regard this scoundrel Nabal, for as his, as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name and folly is with him. But I, your maidservant, did not see the young man of my Lord whom you sent. Therefore, my Lord, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, since the Lord has held you back from coming to bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hands, now then let your enemies and those who seek harm from my Lord be as Nabal. And now this present which your maidservant has brought to my Lord, let it be given to the young men who follow my Lord. Please, Forgive the trespass of your maidservant, for the Lord will certainly make for my Lord an enduring house, because my Lord fights the battles of the Lord, and the evil is not found in you throughout your days. Yet a man has risen to pursue you and seek your life, but the life of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living with the Lord your God. And the lives of your enemies he shall sling out as from the pocket of his sling. And it shall come to pass when the Lord has done for my Lord according to all the good that he has spoken concerning you and has appointed you ruler over Israel that this will be no grief to you nor offense of heart to my Lord either that you have shed blood without cause or that my Lord has avenged himself. But when the Lord has dealt well with my Lord then remember your maidservant. Then David said to Abigail, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me and blessed is your advice, and blessed are you, because you have kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and from avenging myself with my own hand. For indeed, as the Lord God of Israel lives, who has kept me back from hurting you, unless you had hurried and come to meet me, surely by morning light no males would have been left to Nabal. So David received from her hand what she had brought him and said to her, Go up in peace to your house. See, I have heeded your voice. And respected your person. Now Abigail went to Nabal, and there he was holding a feast in his house like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry with him, for he was very drunk. Therefore she told him nothing, little or much, until morning light. 
So it was in the morning when, she, when the wine had gone from Nabal and his wife had told him these things that his heart died within him and he became like a stone. And it happened after about 10 days that the Lord struck Nabal and he died. So when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal and has kept his servant from evil. For the Lord has returned the wickedness of Abel on his own head. And David sent and proposed to Abigail to take her as his wife. When the servants of David had come to Abigail at Carmel, they spoke to her saying, David sent us to you to ask you to become his wife. Then she arose, bowed her face to the earth and said, Here is your maidservant a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. So Abigail rose in haste and rode on a donkey, attended by five of her maidens, and she followed the messengers of David and became his wife. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they and they alone shall be called children of God. In Matthew chapter 5, we've learned, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. And today, the seventh attitude that ought to be the peacemaker. Just like all the rest, being a peacemaker isn't what makes you a child of God or a possessor of the kingdom of God. The true son or daughter of Almighty God will have the characteristics of being a peacemaker. And why is that? Because as the children of the Lord, we take on the divine nature. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. In the Old Testament, Gideon called the Lord Yahweh Shalom. The Lord is peace. As we grow in our faith in Christ-likeness, one of the divine attributes that we will possess is peace. Today, we're going to look at an acrostic of the word peace in order to get an understanding of what a peacemaker actually looks like, in order to give me a, a frame of reference, because the, the word of God, as you know, is plumb full of peace. Where do you begin? Where do you end? We're going to do an acrostic of the word peace. The P stands for peace pursued. The E is peace evangelized. The A is for adversity. The C is cost of peace. And the E again is peace enjoyed. So per pursued, evangelized, adversity, cost, and enjoyed. Let's look at number one, peace pursued. Much like Abigail, who did not simply sit back and hope the situation got better, she took action. She gathered many goods to be brought to David, and we'll look at that more at them when we, when we get to the sea for cost. But 1 Samuel 25, 20 states that she rode on a donkey to meet up with David. She pursued him. Verse 23, upon arrival, the text says, Now when Abigail saw David, she dismounted quickly from the donkey, fell on her face before David, and bowed down to the ground. If we are to be peacemakers, we will have to be the ones to pursue the angered or offended party. It will take absolute humility on our part to do so. I'm convinced that you can't be proud and a peacemaker at the same time. 
It just doesn't work together. Like oil and water doesn't mix. And not only did she fall on her face, bow to the ground, she fell at his feet and said, On me, my Lord, on me, let this iniquity be. Please, please, did you hear her pleading? Sometimes, beloved, we have to apologize and take and uh, offer to take someone else's punishment for their wrongdoing. Children of God do things contrary to the Nabals of the world. The, fo- the world is plumb full of Nabals. I have to tell you a little story that happened last week with Jalen, our oldest daughter at home. But as we've moved back to Lubbock and gotten into a new school, she's already met up with a bully in school. A couple of them, but this one in particular got her in a got her pretty upset. And I wish I could say that I handled it better than I did, but but she kind of wake me up. She woke me up at night. I had fallen asleep. She woke me up and. She was, she was upset, and I told her, get to bed. And she's like, you just don't care. And I'm like, no, 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 I do care. What's going on? So she told me that she was meeting up with a bully. Or a bully had told her she was going to beat her up the next day. And she was afraid. She was afraid. And I, I thought about, we had been going through Genesis at home, and I thought about the story of Saul and uh, Jacob, or Esau and Jacob. And if you remember about Esau and Jacob, they had a beef. And when they got back together, uh, Jacob was afraid. And he prayed to the Lord. And he got the gift together. And he went out there and, and met up with his brother. And they, they had peace. But he was afraid. So I told Jalen, you know what? Let's pray. Let's pray about it. Ask the Lord to help. And why don't you get something together and give this person a gift offering, some kind of a peace offering. She said, I'm not giving her anything. <laughs> anyway... She went to her, and she put, this per- this, she put this principle to work. I asked her how it happened, or how did it go when you met up with your friend. She said she went up to her and apologized, and Jalen said, I didn't even do anything wrong. But like Abigail apologized for Nabal's sin, Jalen went and she apologized and, and wasn't guilty. It was some misunderstanding about somebody kicking a ball, and this bully wanted to be tough. But Jalen went and just humbled herself and pursued peace, apologized, and that was it. She was like, oh, the, the girl just kind of threw it off and said, yeah, you know, it was, it was a misunderstanding, and it's all good. And Jalen told me, and after that, she said, I, and I thanked God. And I'm like, okay, thank you, Lord. We're doing something right, you know, but the rest of the week has been different. Anyway, but she pursued peace. She humbled herself, pursued peace, and it worked. And we see that with Abigail, and we see that in the, the rest of the scripture. And I'll remind you that God pursued Adam, did he not? God pursues us. He did not wait for us to come to him for terms of peace. He came while we were yet, what, is this, what does the scripture say? While we were sinners, while we were enemies, that's when God came to us. Hebrews 12, 14 says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Pursue peace. Romans 12, 18 says, If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Notice it doesn't say as much as depends on the other person. It says as much as depends on you, as much as it depends on us. 
Peace must be pursued. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, Flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. The peacemaker is humble enough to pursue peace. Let's go on to the E, peace evangelized. The Lord's peacemakers are commissioned to reconcile sinful man with a holy God. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians 2.17, speaking of Christ and the gospel message said, and he, speaking of Christ, came and preached peace to you who were far off, talking about the Gentiles, and to those who were near, talking about the Jews. Do we ever think on those terms? Oh, what are you preaching this weekend? I'm preaching peace. I'm preaching peace. The gospel message is a a message of peace. What will I say to my family member, my co-worker, or friend? The message of peace. That God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and having been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And the beautiful byproduct of people that have peace with God is that the God-given ability to have peace or make peace with others. Much like we saw with Abigail and David. After she presented the gift and asked for forgiveness of Nabal's sin, David blessed the Lord. He blessed her advice. He blessed her because of her act of peacemaking. Because her act of peacemaking kept him from bloodshed and saved the lives of all of Nabal's men. David sent her away in peace. He said, go in peace. We see this also in the New Testament. Back in Ephesians 2.14, it says, For he himself is our peace, who has made both one, and has broken down the middle wall of separation. He's talking again about the Jews and the Gentiles being made one in Christ. If you know anything at all about Jews and Gentiles throughout biblical history and history of, of mankind, After years of mutual ethnic hatred and hostility, Christ makes men who once hated each other, who traveled way out of the way to avoid each other, come together in fellowship with the Lord. A racist Christian is an oxymoron. Amen? Hatred for others because of the color of their skin is absolutely wrong, but especially for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no place for it at all, ever. In Christ, we've all been made new creations. Therefore, we don't regard anyone according to the flesh or social status. At least we shouldn't. And if we do, we must repent. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. As the children of the Lord seek to evangelize, and reconcile men to God, or reconcile man to man, we must prepare our hearts for adversity. Which brings us to our next letter, the A, for adversity. In our text in Samuel, Abigail braced herself with wisdom, knowing the adversity that will happen if she tells her husband what she had done while he was drunk. She's a smart woman, isn't it? She's a smart woman. But even in her wisdom and waiting for the wine to wear off the next day, she did face a level of adversity. 
When Nabal's heart died within him, there had to be difficulties at home. Due to her peacemaking with David and with his men, ten days later, he died. Which had to have the potential for, their, for further difficulties. We heard in Sunday school this morning, hey, when you're a single person, you, you, you've got it all. That's adversity. It's a reality. And no doubt the Apostle Paul, he faced, he faced adversity as bringing a pre- preacher of the gospel what, is the, what does the scripture say that as his custom was? He would go to the synagogue of the Jews. Every, every Sabbath, he'd go to the synagogue. And what would happen? Some would believe and, and some would get upset. Adversity. He came preaching peace. He wanted to reconcile sinful man with the holy God. And some of it brought about peace. And then it brought about adversity at the same time. Listen to what 2 Corinthians 6 says about Paul's ministry. As a minister of peace, as a minister, minister of God, he faced, and some of these are positive and some of them are negative, patience, tribulation, needs, distresses, stripes, imprisonments, tumults, labors, sleeplessness, fastings. Sounds like adversity, huh? Hey, I'm just here to, I want you to come to know Christ. And then all of this says by purity, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well known. As dying and behold we live. As chastened and yet not killed. As sorrowful yet always rejoicing. As poor yet making many rich. As having nothing and yet possessing all things. That's a pretty tough ministry for a peacemaker, huh? (laughs) But that's the reality. It's the reality for the child of God. I remind you of all of Christ's apostles, except for uh, John, they died a pretty young and cruel death. Expect adversity. Expect adversity. If we come with the message of, of Christ, if we come with the message of peace, look, we're confronting sinners about their sin and their need for a Savior. Expect adversity. What if you, as a peacemaker, want to bring peace to uh, reconcile people? Guess what you're confronting? Sin. Expect adversity. I've been so encouraged watching my, my wife grow in the Lord over these years. And I've, I've watched her evangelize family, loving enough her family, and loving them enough to bring reconciliation. Whether it's her, her, her birth father or her stepdad. You know, working towards reconciliation. Encouraging her little sister to say, hey, it's going to be you that needs to go and try to make things right. You're going to have to humble yourself and go to that person and pursue peace. I see it played out and I praise God for it. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Yes, beloved, peace comes at a cost, which brings us to our fourth letter, C for cost it cost abigail we read her grocery list right with putin's price hikes these days it would be really expensive 
But 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed out sheep, five seeds of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins, 200 fig cakes. It cost her what Nabal was unwilling to give. And it ultimately cost Nabal his life. Being a child of God may also cost us. Not only our goods, but people. Some folks may think you're strange when you don't want to run your mouth about someone else. It seems like at work it's the common natural thing. You're around other people, then it's all there is to talk about is other people, all their failings, all their this, all their that. They want to destroy someone else's character while we, you want, hopefully, we want to create unity and peacemaking, which would, could cause us to be hated. It may cost you friendships. And Jesus said in Matthew 10 and verse 34, he said something that admittedly sounds contradictory, especially in light of who he is, the Prince of Peace, right? In our text this morning, in the Beatitudes, blessed are the peacemakers, Jesus said, and you know it, do not think that I came to bring peace but a sword. Or, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. Verse 35, For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and so on. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. Beloved, the children of God, who have been adopted by the Father and given the characteristics of His only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, many times will be in opposition to who? The children of the devil. When you become, you're no longer under the father of the world, the, the father of, of unrighteousness and the father of darkness. But now that you're in the father of the light, you're under God, you're in his family. Guess what? It's going to create problems with the children of the devil. And we know that what happened with Jews who followed Jesus. They were put out of their families. They are put out of the synagogues. We've heard of Muslims, no doubt, who convert. They, they face tremendous uh, division in their families. You can't leave and go to Christ. You can't do that. It's going to be bad for you. The Catholics who follow the biblical Jesus, think of the division the Reformation brought. The reality is, when you follow the light, the darkness doesn't like it. Think even close to home here, Seminole, Texas, as we get down south, there's many Mennonites. And I've heard from my old pastor that serves in Seminole, there's a young lady who came to know the Lord. And her family, who was a Mennonite, they didn't want, to, they didn't want anything of it. She came to know the Lord. She was going to come and be baptized. He told of a story of how her family came and took her car. They, wouldn't, they didn't want her to go. They had to go pick her up. They tried tooth and nail everything they could to keep her from following Christ, from following the Word of God to say what it says. Beloved, to be a peacemaker, which is a child of God, it can cost you tremendously. The sons of God and the sons of destruction are many times in opposition. 
We'll see more of this next week in our Beatitudes when Jesus goes on to say, blessed are the persecuted. So you're saying, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the persecuted. There's a paradox, isn't it? Even when we seek to bring peace and restoration, we get labeled sometimes as what? Holier than thou, Bible thumpers. Oh, you're weak. You just need Jesus because you need a crutch. Amen. You name it. But no matter what we're called, being called a child of God is far greater, right? It's far greater. And what a blessing it is to be called a child of God, especially when you truly are a child of God, evidenced in many ways and especially by being a peacemaker. This brings us to our last letter, E, for enjoyed. Peace enjoyed. There is a time coming when peace will be thoroughly and everlastingly enjoyed by the sons and daughters of God. We saw with Abigail that after the Lord took Nabal and David heard about it, the future king of Israel proposed to her and she became the king's wife. No longer bound to the scoundrel and worthless man whose name is Folly, but the bride of the one given great and precious promises Chiefly, that God would make for David an enduring or sure house. I believe she clearly prophesied concerning our king, the son of David, the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, why is that? Because in 2 Samuel 7, when the Lord made a covenant with David, saying, your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever The full significance of this promise wasn't Solomon. It's ultimately realized by Christ Jesus. And we, who are we? As the bride of Christ. And we as his bride are waiting for his return, are we not? Like wise virgins with oil in our lamps, we wait for him. And we look forward to the marriage supper of the Lamb. In Psalm 37, 11 As Pastor Matt already taught us how the meek will inherit the earth, when we do, you know what Psalm 37, 11 says? When the meek shall inherit the earth, we shall delight ourselves in the abundance of peace. That's peace enjoyed. That's peace enjoyed. And oh, what a day that will be. But before we close, before we close, what are we called by a watching world? I'm sure we've all heard that the church is pumped full of what? Anybody? Hypocrites, yeah. I'm sure I've given them some reasons. I'll own it. Have you ever heard of a Ceno? A Ceno is what they call somebody that's a Christian in name only. Ceno. At the end of the day... It doesn't ultimately matter what the world calls us, does it? But what if we lived with such an essence of Christ? What if we lived with such an essence of Christ that they said, wow, they're the real deal. They're the real deal. They are a child of God. Because we live in West Texas where pretty much everybody that you meet, for the most part, is a child of God, right? It's been my experience. Do we look like it? Do we have the essence of Christ that makes people say, 
the real deal. It's the real deal. Have you ever known a Christian who, who's like, they're close, can they come closer to like 80 grit sandpaper? I mean, just rubbing up on them, they can knock paint off of anything. And there's a time to be harsh. The word, of God says, the word of God is harsh. I get it. But you know what they're against, right? You know what they're for. They're ready to fight. Always. Always ready to fight. I'm a Christian. Always ready to fight. Does the world say, wow, look at that Christian. That's a true child of God. I mean, look at them. They're just overflowing with peace, purity, meekness, humility, brokenness. Is that what they say? Or do they come closer to cussedness and maybe blaspheme in his holy name because of our lack of the essence of Christ that we see in these beatitudes? What a blessing it is to be called a child of God. The Lord knows those that are his. He calls us by name. And I don't want to say much about it because Pastor Matt will preach on it next week, Lord willing. In the Gospel of John, chapter 1, 12 and 13, speaks about those who believe, those who have been born of God, he has given the right to become children of God. To those who believe, he has given the right to be called children of God. If he's given us his spirit, we will be a peacemaker, beloved. Perfectly? No. Growingly? Should be. Should be. Peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5 says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Beloved, do you preserve peace? Do you evangelize with the message of peace and help to reconcile men to God and man to man? Do you prepare yourself for adversity, knowing peacemakers will face hardship just like those that went before us? Are you willing to pay the cost for peace? That may cost you money, it may cost you family, it may cost you friends. Do you enjoy fellowship with the Prince of Peace now that will be consummated at Christ's return? The heavenly host praised God at Christ's first coming. We, we read it every, every Christmas, don't we? What do they, they say? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Christ Jesus came and he pursued peace with the children whom God had given him. Christ came and preached the gospel of the kingdom, reconciling men to God and man to man to all four corners of the earth, commissioned other peacemakers to go out to the world and preach the message of peace to the world to bring about peace with a sinful man to a holy God. That's what Christ did. Christ faced adversity like no other. Christ faced adversity not only before he died a horrible death, he faced adversity coming from glory and becoming one of us, being called a devil, being called blasphemous names, treated harshly, spit on, whipped. 
Christ faced adversity. Christ paid the ultimate cost of peace with his own blood. Christ Jesus, risen from the dead, reigning at the right hand of the Father, enjoys peace. The Psalms say of him at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. He's living this. He's lived this out. He's living it out. He commissions us to live it out. Do you know him? Do you know him? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the scripture says, and you will be saved. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they and they alone will be called sons of God. You know why? Because that's who they are. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this time in your word. Help. Help us to live this out. To be children of God in the midst of a dark, crooked world. And may you be glorified in Christ's name. Amen.